you took your playing drums, applied it to that thing, turned it into something legitimate, and then that furthered your career in in a whole bunch of ways nobody could have predicted. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. Today I got to interview Dan, which was a great pleasure, and it was extremely challenging for me, if I'm being honest. It was my first time being the interviewer rather than the interviewee. And the skills that a great interviewer has are not currently in my possession, but I gave it my best shot. And I know over time that those skills are going to sharpen and that's just going to make this podcast a better and better thing. In fact, we talk a little bit about that later on. We also talk about his childhood, upbringing, his time in school, his time at PASIC, his current profession, and rock band, of all things. So, stay tuned. It's not mine. So, you were mentioning that you didn't have a beer or any kind of drink last night when you played a show. And oh, right. You usually, you said you usually have like one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what is your protocol for that? I'm, I'm just curious, because like for me... I just like to loosen up. Yeah. Like, I can, I think I'm... As a person, I can be a little bit more rigid, you mm-hmm. know, just like, I don't know. It's not a bad thing, but. Interesting. But well, like, you don't, you don't come off as rigid. Really? Yeah. I've never, I've never thought of you. I'm that very way. like type A. I mean, even like with this podcast, things have to be very aligned and like. Interesting. That's partly like my job. I have to be you know, organized. Mm-hmm. So when I'm playing a gig, I like to be, you can't be that way playing drums. You right. Be rigid. So. That's true. Beer is one way to kind of loosen You're like that. a breadstick. <laughs> what? Uh, what? You, you, you ever watch the Mighty Boosh? No, I don't watch anything oh, that man. you. There's so many assume things I haven't watched I, it. I feel. See, this is. I Just feel like list. when I. Oh, I'm. Go, I'm making the list. That right actually now. happened. When my old jobs. Mighty. Talk about, but Boosh. they literally did the same thing. All my coworkers were kept asking me, like, and then eventually they were like, they made a list. They made a spreadsheet. It was a shared spreadsheet <laughs> of things that Dan <laughs> needs to watch. It's like I'm so embarrassed. Well, you know, then I quit two months later. So, well, then and you showed them. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm never, I'm never watching this crap, you losers. Well, that's, we're we're gonna watch that's fine. One episode of the Mighty Boosh together. The Mighty uh, Boosh that, that centers around a character called Old Greg, and, okay. and you are suddenly gonna realize that like 50 people in your lifetime have quoted it at you, and you didn't realize it. Um, hmm. But anyway, is it still on? Or it's, it's not. It's not. It is not still on. But it was a it was a good time when it was. You know, you guys don't probably don't know, but the two of us have been trying to get together and do this second interview for a couple of weeks. I mean, but literally since the last one, we just haven't had the time. Either he's working, or I'm out of town on a gig, or whatever. Um, but anyway, I wanted to talk about that, the whole rigidity thing, the whole playing drums thing. I wanted, you brought up your job and I actually wanted to go there. So first of all, what is it? Tell us what you do at Pearl. Yeah. Um, so my official title, I'm marketing assistant for the band orchestra division. Mm-hmm. So I help bring those products to market and engage with audiences, do social media, do a lot of, I help a lot with like our artists and like our educators that work in high schools and colleges and run the percussion programs. 
mm. or just help take care of all those needs. And I love that part of the job. I, I love like the artist relation. And You're interacting with them a lot. Yeah, it makes it feel very, very real, you know. So, so I get kind of both. So like I'll interact with Instagram account, you know, posting content every single day that's hopefully valuable and entertaining. And that's great. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. And like every morning we, we highlight anybody that has like a milestone or a birthday or anything. We're very, very personable about those things. Milestone like like has worked here for X amount of years or yep. or are there other other kind of milestones you would celebrate there? Um, just I'm just curious. Yeah, I think that's mainly it. And then the opposite of that, like if there's any sort of death or loss, mm. not even just internally, but we have like if if our uh, artist will send out handwritten cards, we'll send out wow. uh, like different T-shirts. We're very much built on relationships. You heard it here, folks. Pearl is not only the biggest drum company in the world; they're also incredibly wholesome. And you know what? That's awesome. Yeah. And I would, I would probably guess that that's that actually has a lot to do with their success if, oh, if because if, yes. I, I think that if you treat people like that like they're a, a you know a human being and not just a, a a business opportunity then you have your your interactions with them are going to be better yeah that's like the core principles of good business you yeah know, and good relationships well so pearl just celebrated 75 years as a company oh wow which is yeah so we you might have seen we've re released all these vintage limited edition drum sets and all these awesome new products um, in honor of that anniversary. So quick story with Pearl. So it was started, it's still a family-owned company, and it was started, Yanagisawa family, in 1946. He was making music stands after World War II and like eventually turned into hardware, drums, and Pearl flutes and everything that it is today. Wow. But it's still family owned and um yeah, so and I and I think a big like I I've told this story before cuz I mean there was a point during the pandemic where cuz I I'm like one of the newest employees and I didn't I wasn't entirely confident in my yeah, in my stability like if I was going to get let go or you know, pay cut. But we've been super fortunate. We haven't as far as I know, we haven't had to do that for any anybody. No wow. pay cuts, no furloughs. Uh, That's no one, incredible. No one let go. Like, and I'm talking about during the thick of the, the pandemic. Yeah, everything. And not only down, that. So, didn't. so here's here's what's incredible. So, during this very turbulent time when we were even working at home, there was this project going on in the. We have a break room, which is in our warehouse. You know, typical break room is you know fridge and just a few tables. That's where I would normally go eat lunch and just. If you want to break, watch some TV, whatever. And they ripped out the floors. They got brand new appliances, and it looks so nice now. Big, like, 80-inch TV. But they were doing this then, and I always was like, this seems like not a priority. Mm -hmm. But again, they, they invest in their people, quite literally. Like, they invested in the place where their people eat lunch and where they commingle and get their mind off of whatever job they have. Because, I mean, our warehouse, as I said, it's it's physically in Nashville. Right. We have another warehouse in Chambersburg on the East Coast. And we have a ton of warehouse staff. And so it's a big, like, it's a big space. And so I just, I think that was just a really cool, cool thing that they did. And looking, like, in the mo in the moment, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Yeah. But then now, oh, this is actually, like, a really nice space. And it, it means something, you know? <laughs> I love that, man. That that makes me so happy. Yeah. Who would have who thought? Like, I, is, And it's, is, honestly, like, that's not how I pictured working for Pearl. Yeah, that's that. 
that just doesn't sound like the thing. Like I think of Pearl and I think of like like well, giant conglomerate, you know the the big corporation. Yeah, just like a a big drum monstrosity. Like you're again, if you go to Anaheim Nam, the the booth there is enormous. It's awesome. It like it's always the biggest and coolest booth down there. Like God, this company is. I mean, if you've ever purchased a booth at Nam, you know how expensive that just even the smallest space is, and they're ex- they're expending a lot of money to to do this extravagant show every single year. So they're massive, and to hear that they treat their people that well, and you you came here from I'm kind of like going back in time as we're doing this. Uh, we'll, yep. we'll, we'll, we're going to Benjamin button you. We're going to go from where you are now. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good thing. Uh, yeah, well, you know <laughs> please what? don't. <laughs> Was it? I never saw the movie. Was, does it have a happy ending? I don't know. I didn't see it, of course. <laughs> uh, so I should, uh, you're the last person I should ask, hey, how did that movie end? I don't know, dude. You know I don't watch movies. Come on. Oh, man. Um, okay. Anyway, so you came from Indiana. What were you doing when you were there? Moved to Indiana for an internship, actually. It was kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime dream internship and a really cool opportunity with uh, the Percussive Art Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those unfamiliar, it's a nonprofit percussion organization. They put on PASIC. It's a big international convention every year in Indiana. So It's it's the coolest. Yeah, you've been, right? I actually haven't been. Oh, you haven't? I've seen okay. plenty, of, yeah. plenty of footage Four that lets me know just, that it is the yeah, coolest. I mean, yeah. drum set clinics, and but it's like it's everything. It's like a big gathering uh it's like a family reunion so i graduated college and i was looking for my uh program music business i needed like internship credit and i think i already met those requirements but um so i was at this weird stage where i needed a you know a real job and so growing up in albany and then going to school at suny oneonta um you know i had a ton of connections and alumni from that school that would end up in new york city doing the this the, the typical like move to the city and do music business or do something within music in New York. That was like kind of my set path that I was like supposed to do and I was trying to do. So I was, you know, applying for all these different positions and I had an interview at ASCAP, you know that the mm-hmm. performing rights organization. Yes. What is it? American Society of Composers, Authors and Publishers. I have not known until this moment what it stood for. I just thought it was a funny sounding name and I knew what they Yeah, did. so we have ASCAP and CSAC is another one. They're here in Nashville, but they have offices in all the major cities. So anyway, um, yeah, I landed an interview, like an in-person interview. People still do those now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of my other friends from college worked there, so I had a connection. So I was feeling really good about it. And I remember like... I took the train down from Albany to New York. I, 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 we didn't really go to the city often just growing up, just me and my family. Hmm. So it was kind of like a treat. Like, oh, I'm going into the city. I remember I wore a, um, like an actual suit, which I never wore. I had my class ring on. I was like all dressed up, I was trying to play the part of like this New York City business musician person. Yeah. Drummer. I don't know. It was weird. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I had a we pretty had good take interview. on the world. And, yeah. Yeah. And the interview went fine. I just, you know, it was a waiting game. I hadn't heard back. And at that time, my professors were suggesting I apply for this internship. Because we had, as a percussion studio, we went to PASIC for the very first time. That was my first ever experience going. My first time in Indiana. What was that? That was my junior year, I want to say. 
so that was like my first run in into what all that was. And, and I kind of knew I, w- I would like, I wanted to be in the industry. What better dream as a player to be involved somehow as my career. So like going to PASIC was the catalyst hmm. event for me. It was like, Oh, this is, this could be real. It's not, it's, it. not, it's not just a textbook anymore. It's not just in the classroom. So I had applied for this internship and basically they just, they take one, uh, they have candidates apply from all over the country, but they take one, one person, one intern. So I wow. was like, well, I'm, probably not going to get it. Like I'm, you know, I'm in a but small school. It. I got it. That's amazing. And I remember like, I remember telling my, my friends and my family, like, Hey guys, just so you know, if I get this internship, I'm going to Indiana. I can't say no. Like it's, it's just going to be like, so cool. It's going to be my, like my thing. Cause I'd always sort of read or just heard stories of people that moved away or did something different. Or I, I guess I've, I've always tried to like do something different and not just what's expected. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I have tons of friends that are doing the thing in New York city and they're killing it. And I was in a unique position. And, um, I remember like kept emailing, calling ASCAP in New York, just, Hey, like just checking in, trying to be formal and cordial about it. And I just didn't hear anything. And it was a pretty rigorous interview process for the internship. It was like the essays and then, but it was a few phone calls and, um, but they all went really well. And then, yeah, like they just, they didn't even ask me. They were like, we chose you. Like you got it, which is just kind of funny because I knew I was going to do it anyway. So, wow. And what, what, what would you do with them? I was working at the museum. I was literally giving percussion tours to kids in the, like underserved kids in the area. That's sick. Which was, (laughs) that's sick. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, the museum is unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to go to Indiana, you got to stop in. They have a ton of vintage percussion, different exhibits that change out every year. Are you uh, in in these tours? Are you allowed to play the instruments, or, you, or is oh, it yeah. just lo- okay? Yeah, it's an interactive drum museum. Because I would say I couldn't think of something less satisfying than to walk through a place with these beautiful vintage instruments and be like, hey, "Don't well, touch them." Yeah, well, okay, you're not really playing the vintage. We have like we have instruments donated from companies like Pearl and like just that okay. for that reason. But imagine like forty. Probably other companies too, but definitely notably come. Pearl. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- so I was doing that. That was like a whole one part of the internship, but then I was helping coordinate the convention. I mean, and that that takes like a whole year to plan. It, it's really involved. A lot of logistics. Wow, man. So. That's, a, that's such a cool story. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, you had a very unique experience, so very, or... Very few people have had that uh, prestigious thing occur in their life. That's that's amazing, dude. Yeah, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you about something you said there. You said I kind of tried to go. I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but I I, I didn't want to do just the New York thing. Like I kind of kind of was like, well, you know, every, some people are doing that and that's great and they're killing it. But I wanted to I wanted to do something else. Is that a way that you've kind of a philosophy that you've applied throughout your life? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, I mean, that alone kind of sounds cliche. I just want to be different or like, but there's, you know no, I mean? but but there's like, nothing wrong with that. But, there's but actually, actually wisdom executing that. that. But yeah. And probably a lot of that was just my time in college. I mean, I was doing like, I was in percussion ensemble. I had such incredible teachers, uh, Blake Fleming on drum set and, uh, Julie Licato was my percussion Marimba and like everything else, percussion ensemble. I was in a Zappa band. So like I was always surrounded by these people that were just, that themselves were very unique and creative and different. So Mm -hmm. it made sense that I wanted to also pursue, you know, that kind of 
vision for myself. Yeah, you became the the average. <laughs> that's actually a really interesting idea. Become the average of the because like, that's the, the the saying, right? You become the average of the five people you're around the most. Well, the five mm-hmm. people I was around the most all wanted to be completely different from everyone else. So I became the average of the people who wanted <laughs> to be totally different from everyone. How does that even work? Yeah. Actually, That's, kind of yeah. hurts my brain. <laughs> All I know is I wanted to do something different. That's awesome. Yeah. After I took a break to use the bathroom really quick, we came up with a really great idea. And that's social media and medicine combined. Uh, <laughs> so you're you get your you know how Venmo is kind of intrusive with you send somebody twenty dollars for whatever oh blah 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 for buying dinner, and then it's a social it's essentially still a social media because everyone can see that you sent that. Well, why not have that with medicine? I bought I got this prescription and I had I had this illness. Everyone everyone's really nosy, so it would be super. <laughs> popular everyone would download it yeah right? <laughs> new test result tweet now yeah. you know, uh, i got my hepatitis medicine any, you know privacy laws probably not yeah i mean i guess it would be no, totally probably would. yeah it would be, <laughs> very, it would be very, i'm sure very i just saw them. some bit at probably tiktok somebody complaining about venmo and it's like they accidentally liked someone's like utility bill payment from like two years ago and you can't unlike it. So then she you liked like, it twice. If you, if, you, if you do that, it's like you're creeping big time. Man. Yeah. Oh. It's like, like all my shit is private. Like, why would I want that public? I, Lord only knows why. So the person on, was like, oh, like, thanks. Whoever approved this at Venmo, thank you. I just liked my old roommate's utility payment from two years ago twice. <laughs> Seriously, like who, <laughs> who thought of that? Who thought this is an awesome idea? I'll tell you who, they, all the social media platforms, they just copy from one another. Twitter had, they, they tried fleets. I don't know if you, I don't know, people probably don't even know. It was so no. short-lived, um, but they, it was like their version of uh, stories called fleets. I did not know that. Kind of a cool name, but they asked What does that. it have to do with, though? Like, where does that come from? Twitter's like the bird, fleet. What is that? I, I, I'm not sure. That's like, you would think that would be a more massive. <laughs> have to ask Jack on that one. Thing. That's like, whatever, 800 characters or something. I don't know. Well, back to drumming things. <laughs> so, it back. Where yeah, were we? So, sorry, um, reel, reeling back in. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to ask you about, obviously, this is the, one of the things I always want to know about people who play the instrument. What was the thing that first drew you to the drums, and how old were you? Tell the whole origin story of Dan Dan the Drummer Man. <laughs> Dan, is that Dan, my nickname? Yeah. Well, anybody who's got the name Dan that goes by Dan and not Daniel is, is yeah. going to be Dan Dan the something man. Okay. It was, it was, originally yeah, no it was Dan Dan the that, butcher man but... at my local deli. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. so. Your local deli. Yeah. Man, let's see. Well, I mean, I, I've been playing since I was like one of those stories. Like I came out of the womb tapping, like yeah. doing paradiddles, you know. Dude, dope. <laughs> I just always knew. I don't know what it was. I, I mean, I just, some people are actually born with like some sense of rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, like I think that was me. I just, so when it came to school, I just... It wasn't even a question. Like I picked percussion, and I always saw my older friends that had had done it. And we're talking. Looked we're up talking. To those. What age are you? Well, are you starting to take these classes? Well, like I mean, I picked. You know, you pick your first instrument like elementary school. Okay. 
because they handed me a recorder and there was no, yeah, there was no, we all did that, right? Yeah, yeah. There was no picking in it. It was like, you learned this stupid thing. <laughs> so you picked, you picked it early, man. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So like at Pearl, we make the percussion ed kits. You ever see those? Like the, it's like a small practice pad and, um, like a bell kit. It's all like in this cool little compartmentalized, uh, a mobile thing. So like we had those at the school. I mean, luckily my, my parents, like were always super supportive. So like pretty early on, I remember my first drum lesson. Like you had a cool story about your, you know, your first lesson, which is pretty mm-hmm. impactful. I don't know if I had a, like, it wasn't like I had a first lesson, but my early teachers, um, besides, like, so I, I did all this stuff through school, like the public school system, which is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much to, to all those amazing teachers, you know, like that's what gave me, like, obviously every day that kind of, uh, those skill sets and development and how to think creatively and how to learn the actual instrument. But eventually I started to do outside lessons and private mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I was involved in this group called Empire State Youth Orchestra. Ooh. It was super, like, it was kind of a very prestigious thing in the Empire, in Albany, like, that was what it was called, Empire yeah. State. And, um, that was like a very big deal and all the top kids in New York and I think a few kids that live in like, nearby states but top anyway yeah the top like you'd be pretty good at your instrument we're talking top (laughs) kids sorry anybody who knows what i'm talking about you get 10 points of course i don't it's probably some show i haven't watched it's indiana jones Uh, yes yeah i've seen it okay all right there we go so yeah i I auditioned for that and got in and there's like different level groups i started like the most basic percussion ensemble and kind of worked my way up and eventually i started taking private lessons with the instructors in those groups yeah uh, so I had Richard Albagley, John Antonio, and Mark Foster. This is like another level. This was like, okay, this could be a serious career. Yeah. So like, you're going to have to, you know, come like private lessons, you know, maybe it was like once a week at, at their house, like in their basement, they had a whole percussion set up. Right. And so you're doing, this is and beyond this is, drum set playing at this point. Oh so, yeah. So what, yeah, yeah. so what instruments are you, are you learning for at this point? Yeah. I mean, this was, this was everything. I mean, marimba. Yeah. Um, Bro, everyone can play the freaking marimba but me. I can't do a damn thing. I don't think so. Most people don't even know what a marimba is. Or you mean like every you're, like you're a serious drummer. percussionist, man. I'm like a I'm like a wannabe because I, yeah. I every time I see that I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to learn that. But you man, can, I miss but you it. I mean, I'm it. not playing marimba now. But yeah, so I was marimba was a big part of it. I would do lessons with John Antonio, and he had like this incredible setup. Marimba, exalophone, timpani, snare drum. It was like a percussion dream. Yeah. It was like being a kid in a candy store. So I always wanted to just go and like, to this day, he, like we're still good friends with, with John and those guys and like they'll talk football. They're big, big New York Giants, uh, Yankees fans. So like it's cool. Like, we keep in touch. That's awesome. And, uh, but yeah, so that was, um, I was doing percussion pretty seriously. Like it was because people that graduated from the Empire State program, like those guys have gone on to do like Berkeley and they're in like major orchestras all over the world. So that was where I was sort of going. But I'd say early on, even in that, I knew like that's not going to be me. Yeah. Like I'm, I loved, I love performing, I love learning, but like I knew there was more to me than just playing full time. Right. And I had this other creative side to me, which is very much rooted in, I'm not going to say marketing yet. Cause I didn't really know what that was at the time. Like, but it was more like creative media. I did a lot of YouTube videos and like, I did drum covers and videos and yeah. I was starting to do social media and, and I just, I liked the idea of, of 
having a job doing some of that as well and not mm-hmm. just being in an orchestra or, you know, whatever yeah. that could be. So it was cool. Early on, I, I couldn't have that, I could step back from myself and like be pretty clear about that. Wow, dude. But if I had a second life, I would have wanted to like go all the way in with it and yeah. like do that track and see where I would have ended up, you know, but. Wouldn't that be interesting to be able to do? Just yeah. Like, even just like a, a 30 second. Like what, what would like, your what would my, what would my life be? look like at this you point? You said you'd be like a martial arts guy or would you be probably. like. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, probably what I'd be doing. And I'd, and I'd be loving it. Like, yeah. I'd, I would really, I would love that life, but I love, I love the one I'm into. Yeah. So, yeah, so, the, yeah, I mean, I love my path. So like, it's not like I'm yeah, unhappy. This, is, this isn't like regret it, that we're talking about. It's not regret, about, it's, but it's, yeah. This is just like I mean, if a, anything, imagine. it's like it's. I'm very thankful that I was able to have those choices. You know, <laughs> like yeah. what a what a thought. You could either pick a career in the music industry or like go play percussion full time. Like right, most yeah. people don't have that that choice. Yeah, you could you you could have done a hundred different things actually. Or I mean, yeah. really, all of you could have done all the things. And you got a you've got a enough of a a brain, enough of a good head on your shoulders that you could have. I mean your options in life are pretty pretty well unlimited but well thank there's, you there's a reason that, that you <laughs> have you have this room and in the center of this room i mean while there's obviously there's a podcast being fake plant recorded there's a, a luscious fake plant <laughs> that i want to water every time i see it you should see what happens i, sh- I should find <laughs> out well so, if you water it enough i'll just something go back will and buy grow. a bigger one so it yeah. looks like it's getting bigger the trick you <laughs> that would actually be a tremendous trick and then eventually buy a, 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 real, a real plant that looks yeah. exactly like the, you're like and you're like, like no dude like we've point. talked about this this has always been a real plant yeah like dude i've been watering it as a joke you've been watering it as a joke you're a psychopath <laughs> oh man that's a whole that's a whole that's a that's a movie right there uh, that's what next. you feed your cat as a joke too what's oh. wrong with you he needs to eat <laughs> um but there, what i was saying is the there's a reason why there's a room here that you rent uh, for for anyone who rents here. You know it's no small fee, and there's a drum set in dead center. You've this is a huge part of your life still to this day. You're obviously you're still working for Pearl, you've, but you've got this like this is not vital to your job, but it's vital to your life. So. Let's talk specifically about drums now, okay? Because yep. we've gone into into life story. I want to ask you about um, thing things like your favorite players. Actually, let's let's go there right now. Who are the guys that you have watched play over the years that have been like, yeah, this is this has made drawn me into the instrument, you know? Yeah, um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, I just quick to go back to one of my early other. Um, because this this relates, I promise. Eventually, I got connected with this guy Joey Pucci, and he was one of the drummers for like the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Whoa, that's what he told me. I never saw him, but I believed him. And uh, and then this was just drum set. This was like I remember it was me and like a good friend on my street. Actually, we we did lessons kind of together. Did he Again, say, our dad would did come. He say, hey. I'm Joey Pucci. Yeah, he's, I'm yeah. one of the drummers no. for the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Just, just as you would imagine him, like wow, the coolest dude, Italian. Had I guessed it right. Massive, I love it. <laughs> like incredible drum set set up in his basement. So that was back in Albany, and so I, like I, it was cool. I had the percussion side of things, and I had 
this Joey rock star guy, and we would literally do lessons of doing drum covers. Like we would learn rock songs, and we had like a, a method book, and but it was like total fun. What's your first cover you remember doing? You could go to YouTube. It's it's on there. Yeah, you you could go. I have videos from like 2007, 2009, maybe. I, one of the first ones I remember doing was um, it was I think it was Wake Me Up When September Ends, Green Day. Wow. Yeah. That would you say that's the well? It's probably not the first song you learned. What's the What's the first song you you learned or were, were at least? I don't in remember. Part? I don't know, man. I, yeah. I played so many. What's oh, like, Would you say that "Wake Me Up When September Ends" is the first one you remember learning, though? At least right now in this conversation. Yeah, maybe next week I'll think of another one, but I, I like remember, an earlier uh, one. Because for me, it was "The Beat Goes On." Yep. Uh, down, 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 down. <gasps> I'll never forget that. I still have, I still have to this day, a cassette tape with a recording of that song that my really? my teacher made for me to. That's to play amazing. To. Cassette. Wow. I know. I don't have a cassette player. I don't know that anybody does now. Anyway. It's sad. It's yeah. So tragic. I was also doing so rock band. <laughs> it's funny. You know, the video game, right? Yeah. Guitar Hero Rock Band. That's like actually a very big part of who I am, which sounds really? crazy. But there, there's so many reasons why I could get into that. Please, like, go on. The creative video, digital media side to that video game. And that was kind of the other part to me like that I was attracted to. Yeah. I got really good at the game. This was now I'm in high school and I was a complete band nerd. My best friend, still to this day, Caleb, he had the game before I did, and I would go over to his house. We would do these sleepovers and hang out and play, stay up till 2 a.m. playing the set list of these video games. And I just felt Caleb I fell with a K love or with Caleb with a C? With a K. Okay, because they yeah. can hear it if you if I say it and I'm thinking it wrong. So I don't want to do that. All right. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> so uh, It's all important. Yes, yeah, so... I got really good at the games, and I mean like really nerdy. Like I would, so I had a PlayStation Two, then eventually then PS Four, where I could become like on the leaderboards, and it became not just like my own thing. It was like I'm in this community, right? Oh. And then I started making YouTube videos. That's what started my YouTube channel, and my whole love for video production came from Rock Band. No joke. I have millions of views from those because that game used to be very big. Yeah. Now it's not, of course. I would like research because you could get like the optimal scores. So, for example, if you played, you know, uh, Danny California, Red Hot Chili Peppers from Rock Band, you play every single note and you don't miss, you'd get a 100% score, right? Right. But someone else could play the same song and get a higher score. Like, it got really granular and really nerdy. Because, like, depending on where you did, like, the fills and, like, the cymbal hits, if you remember, like, the, like, the star power activation... Because like, the the fills were up for improvisation, right? And it's just like yeah, you could like jam yeah. notes in there, right? Is that correct? Yes, but there was <laughs> there was like a trick. You could actually, if you ended the fill early, you would hit the note that would have been there and get points for that note. But like because it's in the fill, it's like it's, you get more points for it. It was like two times or three times multiplier, wow. any of those notes. So. So yeah, I would. Re I had a whole like spreadsheet of like <laughs> how oh, to get. I love this. This yeah. is great, dude. It's crazy. So I learned all these songs. I'm to this day. I haven't looked in a while, but like I was ranked number one. I think on like number one in the world, rock band drums. I think number two on like PlayStation drums. Don't quote me on that, but I was. What? I'm like top one or two just because of that. But like also, 
obviously you have to be talented to be able to hit the notes. That's the first part. Learn the songs. Like, can you play all the parts? But then it's like, okay, next, how can I get the highest score? It's like another level, you know? I love that. Yeah. Cause That's... I was just, I was very competitive and I was good at it. So why not be the best? And why not go like, I had, so... first of all, I had no idea that this world even existed. Yeah, I was dude. aware of the game. I didn't even know that there was like a, an online version version where you could compete against more than just the game itself yeah that you're like blowing my mind right now so funny i was i had we had sponsorships i had sponsors sending sending me like what one of this it was all i mean it was crap it was like you know glow in the dark drumsticks or or it was just kind of random companies that would i'd have to put them in my youtube videos but i was getting every video and i would upload almost every day like a new track and it'd be like thousands of views hundreds of comments what? It's crazy. That was what I did. I had no no idea about any of this. I feel like I'm yeah. I'm I'm in the presence of greatness, and I didn't know just exactly how great. Holy yeah. Holy. So my point though, so like that was huge for a lot of reasons. So it evolved into, and, and I think this is where my love of not just drumming, but my other passion for like creative arts and video production and eventually marketing, it really stemmed from these video games. Because what we would do is, um, so I mentioned the YouTube channel. So I would record myself playing, like I'd have a camera to see me playing the, the song, right? Yeah. But then we'd record the gameplay itself, so it was super high quality audio. Mm-hmm. And then I'd learned, I taught myself how to edit those videos together and create just a really enjoyable video. So the, And I synced it up, right? So you'd be able to see me playing uh, the song and you'd hear it very high quality. And But it, it wasn't always that way. Like when I first did it, it was just, a camera, a really low quality camera. Yeah. And then so I just I learned so I enjoyed the I enjoyed the production part of that. Yeah. As well. And then also of course I did actual drum videos. So I was doing rock band, kinda of learning how to do videos, the video game thing, and then I was applying that to real drumming. Well you have to and, be in time, you're, literally. You're learning yeah, and you're learning so, songs. You're, yeah. That's literally what you're learning you're doing. all the parts and you're seeing how each songs are a little bit different and Oh, like the verses are all kind of doing this. And then, so you learned all that because it was literally programmed. You didn't have a choice. It was almost like my own education that I was just doing fun. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> That's wild. I, I, so then when I went to school, I took that with me. Like I was doing, but of course, in a much more professional, like applicable way, I was doing like, so I did a music business major and then I did percussion and audio production as minors. And so I was, uh, very lucky we had access to recording studios at Oneonta. So I went from my basement videos to now, okay, I'm in an actual recording studio. I'm going to get really good audio. I'm going to hire the video club on campus. They're going to do my videos. But like I, because I had done those skills myself, I could always speak those languages. I could approach the videographer and be like, this is what I want. I could approach the, I mean, I was learning audio production at that time. So That's going to save you time and money. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm doing that here in Nashville. I'm hiring videographers to help me out. I'm hiring photographers. I love, I really do. I want to just say again, I really do love that that was such a big and formative thing. Especially, okay, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest, because when Rock Band was at its height, people were like, well, what, you should you should play. You'd be really good. I'm like, or I could just play my drums, right. which is more satisfying for me. But I'm like, <laughs> but you took your playing drums, applied it to that thing, turned it into something legitimate, and then that furthered your career in in a whole bunch of ways I could, you know, I, nobody could have predicted. Yeah, that's perfectly said. That's how it happened, yeah. 
So I mean, it's, it's totally I, I ended up so stacking. when I mentioned doing like the internship requirement. Um, so one of those interns internships that I did was a recording studio in Albany, and I remember in the interview, we talked about my YouTube channel, and how I created these videos, and it was from the video games, but it was. He didn't care about the game. It was oh those skills and this go-getter mentality. Yeah, and that is and like not that that alone got me the internship, but that was a huge topic of conversation. Like this, right. like yeah, I, I'm familiar with audio and video, and this is what I've done. And like you said, applied it in a creative way, mm-hmm. and that can go so far. You know. There you so. have it, folks. <laughs> Creativity and and go-getterness goes a long way. I think a lot of people don't don't understand that you don't have to learn these other skills entirely, but having just having just a touch of that knowledge, just I, I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you're a professional musician, not even just a drummer, you need to you need to know at least just the tiniest bit about the recording process. About you need to know a little bit about all the instruments and how they work. You're gonna it'll just help you speak the language. Having having your just your fingers in in a in a variety of different pies is gonna save you a lot of time, money, and heartache. So yeah. anyway, anyway, go on. Yeah, no, like so much more. I mean, I don't think it, it definitely never used to be that way though. In the past, if you wanted to be in the symphony, you didn't need to have a website or like know how to, like you just needed to be like incredible at your craft and right. and you'll get the gig, right? But I feel like these days, of course, you have to be your own marketeer. Like you have to kind of treat yourself, and that's. Sort of what I've been doing is like treating myself sort of as a brand, as a business, and marketing myself in that way. And so yeah, but, but you're right. I agree, like 100. All those, all those, um, those different skills and those trades. Like yeah. I think it, it works with musicians because, yeah. and there's a reason why so many musicians are good at those things because it's a very similar, using the same part of the brain. You know, yeah. like if you're a good drummer, then you could probably pick up videography like that's true i mean it's not a big stretch you know i i wanted to touch on that a little bit i I remember being younger and thinking well if i just get good enough at the one thing at just 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 the drums then that'll make my way right that'll that'll then i'll have a career and there's maybe i remember remember my dad saying he's like well that's not how it works even at that even at that time he's like no it's just not how it works yeah it's like you're you've got to do that and then meet the right people and do all the th- all these other things they all all have to come together because he's like there could be there could be a drummer that's so much better than anybody you've ever heard that you'll never hear because all they do is practice 10 hours a day in their garage but they're in, they're incredible but again they don't go outside they're, you know maybe they're a, a hermit mm-hmm. like that's it's the same thing i have build up a little bit of skill and in videography, understand how how putting a good video together happens. Understand how to market yourself, or how to even just network or talk to other humans. Or, you know what? Go take a join Toastmasters or something. Learn how to talk to people. I did that when I was in Indiana. You did? Wow! I I, I really want to do it again. No kidding. I, yeah. Okay. If you do that here, I want to do that with you. Really? Because have you ever I, done it, or you just no? Know I, nev- I never have, and I'm, Dude, I'm awesome. terrified of public speaking. Same, and that was I'm, like, I'm like literally as I'm saying, I'm preaching to myself. Yeah. So they they have it in every state, every county. Like, bro, if we for, look for real, if you do that, let's a hundred percent. You do meet that the together. coolest people and the craziest people. Oh yeah. I bet. Oh yeah, because I mean, you have to 
tell stories and talk and like so you learn about people it's like actual real life stuff you know and it was specifically <laughs> toastmasters though that you did mm-hmm. okay i was in uh i was taking an uber somewhere i i was on a job when i used to uh so i used to install the the key you know the key card readers right yeah i remember you saying that so i i was on <laughs> what one a of cool those job. unique job right oh it was it was a trip <laughs> it was really when it was good it was really good it was either like it works or this is going to be like an eight hour a million dollar expense because it's not working oh, yeah. right there's nothing in between and and just you deal with people who are desperate for the thing that you're doing to work perfectly so if it doesn't you're just getting just hammered by these Trusting. people uh if you ever want to meet someone that will make you feel like you're a subhuman just just do something install a device that doesn't work and then talk to a hotel GM and they'll, they'll let you know he that you're a know worthless every, human. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Like, Oh man. <clears throat> um, but I, I was taking an, an Uber or a Lyft somewhere and I just was talking with this, with the driver and he was like, he's like, you've got a good speaking voice. You, you know, it's very pleasant, blah, blah, blah. You should, you should do Toastmasters and he's like, they'll teach you how to do that. Like, have you ever done anything like, no, I've never have. That's, uh, that was the first time I'd ever even heard of it. He's like, yeah, that would be great. You, you, you know, you'd learn public speaking and I've been interested in doing it ever since because I am I'm terrified of public yeah. speaking. It's I didn't know you were, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, I would I'm so much better I think just from I did it for maybe it's close to a year, maybe 6 6 to 8 months. Yeah. I remember it was like a 6 7 a.m. Tuesday morning thing. That's just when they did it. And it, I always left I mean, it was always so like enriching and like encouraging. Yeah. Cuz eventually you have to do your own like actual like speech. Mm. And that I was terrified, like in front of strangers. Right then, at that point, I started. You know, I knew who they were, but still. But it's. it's I mean, it's like you know. It's almost worse if if you know who they are because you've developed a rapport and now you're like. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. I'm. Now I yeah. care. I'm invested in you. I'm gonna get up and talk. Yeah. These strangers and now are you're judging. Know me. that I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You thought I was a normal person. Now you're gonna get to hear me stand up here and stutter <laughs> and stammer, and you're gonna know that you were talking to a moron the entire time. <laughs> That, that's I, I had this. Yeah. I had this conversation. I was at a I was at a friend's birthday party, and we're going doing the whole affirmation station thing. You know, everyone's saying something really nice about these people, or whatever. It was a double yep. birthday, actually. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to try to say this. I'm I'm really so like you had to get in front of everybody. Well, I mean, you're just like, sitting where you are, but right. you can stand up or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, we're just going to say something nice. And I was before I said anything, I was like, just so you know, if I come out sounding like a dummy. I have a very hard time talking in front of, in front of groups, and they're like, "Oh, it's okay, we love you." But I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't that actually doesn't help at all." Like, yeah. <laughs> because you're like you're invested in me. I don't I don't want you to to regret your investment after I'm done talking. Like, wow, and I let this guy in my house. I gave him some delicious food, and he sucks. He just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even talk. Yeah, man, yeah. man. Wow, I I'm regretting our friendship. That's like I think that's wow. the that's the level that a lot of people get to. You don't understand yeah. when we're afraid of talking in front of people. It's yeah, really we, I'll look into it. We should. We should. That'd be that'd be a cool. And it's only going to help this. It's going to make yeah. it better. It helps any anything. Confidence. It yeah. It, it surprise like it'll help a lot of things in your life. Like I, I bet it would leadership help my qualities. Too. Yeah, everything. It just gives you confidence. You know, because you you know do you know do you believe that you you kind of play how you talk? I think it's. Do you think that I do? That makes sense. I mean, you're expressing, you're portraying your personality on this instrument. Right. It's just right? A, it's just another it's just another language. 
So right, like if someone's really not? obnoxious and loud as a person, they're probably not going to play super quiet, like yeah, they're gonna get on- jazz, you know? <laughs> you, ever ha- you ever set your drums up at some, fr- like, just any, well, really anywhere, any any kind of show and have somebody just walk up and go, can I play your drums, bro? Like, you think that guy's going to sit down? They're going to sit down yeah. and, like, down total a nice, nonsense. Yeah, a nice samba groove. <laughs> like, oh, dude. If, if I see some, bro, can I just sit down for a second? <laughs> like wow, that oh, was a really nice bossa. Yeah, that was very I was not expecting. <laughs> In fact, that's gonna that's a skit. I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, we, that's we, a skit. <laughs> that's a yeah. Write that down. Oh, dude, What's that SNL? The the um. I'm, I literally am writing yeah. it down, people. Yeah. Bossa drunk skit. <laughs> we'll I remember think? what that is. Oh oh yeah, we will. But got some good um, here. there's some I was thinking, yeah, right. so we were talking about, I, I like what you said about like knowing these, all these different skills and trades, right? But not, you don't have to necessarily go so deep into it, but just know enough. Yeah. And it's funny you said that. Cause like, I remember when I was doing the video stuff. So me and Caleb eventually started like our own video production company as teenagers. I was kind of helping out as like, it, we always equated cause we love Apple. So we always equated to like, he was a Steve Jobs, like the visionary. And I was, I was the Wozniak doing all the all the bullshit, all, yeah. all the actual hard work, you know, yeah. like the, the, the technician. You're, you're making the things, the crazy dreams that this person has into a reality. But it was crazy. Like yeah. he would send us, we, we went on a business trip, expenses paid trip to London in like high school. And we were filming like these, it was like in the podiatry industry and like, it was just pretty wild stuff that we were doing. But um, anyway, so eventually he wanted, like we were doing the business and he saw like he wanted me to go deeper with video and like he wanted me to do like animation very expert stuff and i was yeah. just like nope <laughs> like i this is this is my limit like <laughs> i mean i maybe considered it like i would watch tutorials but like i knew like, no like i'm i'm not going to invest my time in that cuz i'm not going to be a videographer from like my full time career i love doing stuff on the side but like at that point just hire somebody else like you have to mm. know when you're like it, it would have been a disservice for me to half-ass learn it and then give a product that's not as good, you know. Yeah. But I think that applies for a lot of a lot of areas, you know. Like people, like you're doing a disservice if you're not fully invested in something, or if you're not skilled at it. You need to know when to just branch out to other people. Yes. Like know what they're good at. Know it. Like know your own limits. It's it's good to you know? know in what areas you're gonna need to relegate some responsibility to another person. And like, that's what it's Del- Yeah, delegate. That was yeah. what I was thinking of. Just, yeah. And that's uh, what makes a good company. Like you have people that are specialists in their areas and not one person trying to do everything. That's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so let me just ask you some very, some some quick, very drummy, quick, what did you call them last time? Uh, oh yeah. Like, did I have a name for it? It was just... I don't know, hot take or double yeah, just, time or yeah, yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Radamacuse or Pataflaflas? Radamacuse. Okay. Mm, flam tap or flam drag? Wait, no. Wait, why? That's not fair. Uh, I mean, that was just a very quick, impulsive answer. Okay. Yeah, so that's Ra- what I'm saying. Radamacuse. Just I always remember like learning that it was like. Pedophile. I don't. Yeah, I think I played that rudiment more. So yeah. What what's the what's that one? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You don't play that really a lot in in a real setting. Yeah. But like maybe we should though. 
I could easily be anything. Maybe we should. <laughs> so that guy that you ever seen the, he just holds up the signs like that could have been an email or like those kind of things. No. You ever seen that guy? That could have been an email. Like well, he has, he just has all these oh. like one worded funny statements that resonate with people. Uh-huh. He just, you know, it could be us trying to make the case for pedophile fast. <laughs> Good luck finding it. Okay. So <laughs> 17 stroke roll or uh, Shirley Murphy? What's Shirley Murphy? I don't even remember. Oh, see, I'm this is bad. I, I should know this. I just want to pull some random hybrid. Well, see, that. in New York, I, I think most states have this, maybe not, but like I had, uh, it was called NISMA. It was like, you know, like the New York State School Music Association. And we would, you know, you have to learn your solos and your rudiments and play it in front of a judge. And he would grade you. You'd Nism- get your. So I had to learn all those rudiments, but I don't remember that one. NISMA, though. What's NISMA? NISMA. I just told you the rudiments. That's what that is? I thought well, like you're like yeah yeah I had to do well, this it, thing yeah it was just I mean and eventually they were like you would do I remember just I remember going to other high schools and they were like wait concerts oh, so that's the abri- like regional, I, I'm seeing it in my head. that was abbreviation I, and, yeah oh, oh okay. New York's sorry I talk fast New York State School Music Association oh okay I, right? I thought you're like well the New York School Music Association we had this thing called I'm like I'm like waiting for it like <laughs> so what is it oh yeah yeah sorry and yeah. I also pictured it as being N I Z-Z-M-A. <laughs> no, 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 that's a Z. Yeah. No, no. Okay, so, that's, yeah. That's my fault for being a presumptuous idiot. Yeah, so, yeah. moron. Yeah, so <laughs> this is what I'm saying. If I talk too long, everyone's going to know I'm dumb. Okay, so since being in Nashville, okay, aside, there was a whole point that, that I was trying to make about the drum set being the centerpiece of this room here. So what is what is your musical goal for, like, next next five years, 10 years, whatever it is, there's, you're, you're living in Nashville, you're working for Pearl, but there's a reason why you're like, Dan, the drummer. You're like, there's, I want to know about your drum life, the future of you playing this instrument in town. What do you, what do you think that looks like for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out like we all are. And I'm, I'm really enjoying that journey. I mean, the main reason I had this room is to be able to continue to create that content, the same content that I was doing with rock band and then eventually in college so like i've always found a, a way to do that no matter where i've lived wherever city i'm in wherever capacity of equipment like i've always been able to do what i love which is just the coolest thing you know yeah um so i'm i'm trying to i think like to answer your question i'm trying to be more of a, a session player i want to be known as like a, a top-notch studio drummer yeah i did a lot of recording in college for just like student projects like things that probably didn't really go anywhere, but I was like the I was the first call guy. Like I was doing all I was we'd stay up till two AM just recording like albums of music. It was crazy. Yeah. And I loved it. And it was just so I love I love being able to create something out of nothing. I think that's the coolest thing. And then unlike this podcast to just like record a moment in time, like how special that is. You know? Yeah. So I, I love recording drums for that reason. I've been gigging a lot as well, just playing that live. Yeah, who are you I, playing I like. with now? Well, I, I'm kind of doing the freelance thing. I don't. I'm not like in a band. I, I just play with uh, Dorian Lackey. He's a R&B, really, really good R&B vocalist. And that you did that last night, right? I was at yeah, Alley okay. Taps. I've been playing with him. We've been doing some more full band stuff. Um, yeah, I was playing with this guy Tim Miles, a Belmont grad, for a while. You yeah, gotta just, tell me the next time you're playing out, man. I really want to come watch you. Yeah, play a show. You haven't really seen me play, have you? No, I haven't. I've just seen you play. He's like, is he actually a drummer? Room? Is he just? 
post pictures. I've seen you play plenty, but just not at a show. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we I come in this room and accost him all the time and I'll be like, Hey, well, you ever mess you ever mess with doing this? Oh, like well, make just, away and try to practice. I'm work, you know, he'll tell me he's working on some song. I'm like, that's great, but what about this? Try this in thirteen and then do it with your left hand. I'm like, I'm like Ah now I can't not do it because I want to do it. Like, I'm sorry, I'm distracting yeah. you from your from your truest purpose. No, it's don't, okay. don't allow me to do that. <laughs> But I, I love doing a lot of different things, you know? Yeah. Like So I said, like, okay, I want to be the studio session guy. But um, that doesn't mean that's all I'm, I want to do. Like, I want to still, I love playing live. Nothing nothing replaces that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many people are there or the venue. Like, it's just that that feeling of, of just playing the instrument with a group. It's just. Nothing quite like it. You know it. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and you're right. There's There's nothing. As fun as being in the studio can be, and like you said, you're you're kind of part of creating something out of nothing. There's there's something beautiful and, and obviously very artistic about that, but nothing will ever substitute the feeling of getting in front of some other people and just putting music out there into the air. You know, in a way that's impermanent. Yeah, it's raw. If you make a mistake, that's part of the moment. Right. And you laugh with your bandmates, and you just go on in the studio. Control Z, do it again. Yeah. You know? Quantize. Like, yeah. Like, oh, right. no. <laughs> oh, dude. So. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah, I think this I think this is a good good combo. I think so, too. Yeah. I feel like I'm... You didn't... You had no idea about my rock band. No, past. this is like... I, I feel like... <laughs> Which is weird because I was never insulted. a big, like, video gamer. I'm, I'm not anymore. Like, but it was only music. I never did, like, Call of Duty or, like... So I wasn't like a hardcore gamer that did rock band. It was like, no, I was a musician that found the musical outlet in that one game, you know. Wow. And I, and so, I was actually, I'm, I was good as at... Soon as uh, I, I'm going to go and look at the, oh, all should. of those videos. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I was good at guitar too. Not even just, I was doing guitar here. I was not, not the same level. Can you play any guitar in No, see, I, that, didn't, that didn't translate. No. no that doesn't translate. But the okay. drums did because it's right. literally just rhythms. It's not... And they, I mean, some of these drum sets, my buddy Caleb, again, had this custom, he bought like this custom drum set for the game that like had cymbals and like, eventually I got my own custom drum set, which sort of helped. There was no cheating or anything, but like I had the rebound because to be, to be able to get a hundred percent on these songs, you need sensitive pads and like the stock, what, what rock band, um, harmonics, the company behind those games, what shipped with those products was crappy pads, you know? Right. So it was the you couldn't you literally it didn't matter how good you were you like the notes would drop or it wouldn't recognize a hit. So I bought this drum set called the Goodwood Mods. Yeah, and it was like literally like like mesh, so it was super sensitive. Yeah. This is just a, a whole <laughs> like I said before, man. It's a whole world that I had no idea that existed. Yeah. And now you brought me in. <laughs> what are you doing the rest of the day? I'm gonna. Go to the room and see if see if it's available. First, of I all. should practice, but I don't. I just don't want to. See that, but that's that's okay. Yeah, like that's my passion. Yeah, I'm very lucky that I'm able to do that, and but I love having that balance. Like, there's plenty of days where I just I don't like I. I went here to drop off my rent check, and I came in. I sat down, so I'm not gonna not sit down and right. do something. But then, I didn't want to play. I just didn't feel it. I was like, you know what? I want to do something else. I'm gonna go home and. I'm also doing... Go uh, home and not play Call of Duty. I'm... Well, I don't think this came up, but I uh, I also help people build websites mm -hmm. on the side. 
I'm working this crazy project now, the most intense one I've ever done. This guy, shout out to my friend Peter Venuto. He has this really cool uh, synth business. He's out in Canada. It's called Synth Palace. And he he has like probably one of the world's biggest collections of old, vintage, and new like synthesizers. Really? And like drum machines and like all these crazy instruments, electronic instruments. But he doesn't really have a good website. So he needs an e-commerce solution for all that. And it's not a simple like click by now it's very complex and there's a lot of different stuff so i'm helping him so that's been taking up a lot of my time but that's okay like i don't i'm not upset by that that yeah. i like, it's not like, i don't view that as like oh i, I should be practicing like no mm. that's just it's good to have to be able to step away from the instrument or anything that you're really passionate about step away from it will make you appreciate it more and have a better clearer mind to do that thing it, like you were saying does. like to Practice and then immediately like go to sleep for like an hour, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like it's the same idea. Yeah, to being able to, it's like I, I, uh, I, I've heard it likened to like you either want to be boiling or have the heat completely off. Like, like you don't need to, don't simmer. You know, don't be yeah. like a, don't be a six. Don't get so it's just oh yeah, the water, the water's warm. <clears throat> like you want it off, not wasting your energy, or just like crank it all the way on and that's i think that's a good way to yeah to approach it. it's a good way to live your life honestly simmering is not good simmering isn't productive and it's not restful it's this like in between you're just like wasting energy you're not getting a lot done right you're not getting any rest from it like turn your brain off or turn it all the way on mm-hmm. okay current favorite player current okay probably a few yeah, give, um, give me give me like a give me like well, three. So okay, I mentioned Todd Circumin okay. as more of like a long term idol. And I saw him present at, at PASIC. He's just any any like drummer that can still play like that at his age is just mind boggling. You know? Yeah. So Todd Circumin, um you know Richard Spaven? I love Spaven. Yeah, that that kind of playing I'm really, really into. because I've, I've always been a very technical drummer. I used to be in a Zappa tribute band and like I'm not. I'm not like a powerhouse kind of guy. I'm yeah. more intricate with yeah. my playing. So, yeah, I'd say Spaven and uh, I really like Yost Nickel. Yeah, and, and, and I'm gonna add, you know, um, Annika Niles, of course. Sorry, the cutoff was three. You can't say four. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put her in place. Not of, only are we not gonna put that in the podcast, with, this is no longer your she podcast. Studied, <laughs> geez, man, I just lost a lot right there. <laughs> that was it. You broke the rules. You I know, don't. She studied I don't make the rules. Okay, I just I'm, enforce I'm them. I'm actually trying to talk. <laughs> I kind of like explain myself. She studied with him. You may have known that. With Yost? Yeah, like she's a, t- a student of his. I did not so, know that. But I'm gonna choose her. I met her at, when I was an intern at at uh, PAS. She did a clinic in 2015. I want to say. Wow, I had no clue. That's awesome. She's unbelievable. Yeah. She is. Okay. Winter or summer? Summer. Why? Well, I grew up in New York, so it was winter. It was snow. Mm. So. <laughs> Wait, what? What just happened? Are you okay? <laughs> Are you alright? Uh, that was a sneeze. Oh, okay. That died. I went oh. to I went to stop it from happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then it died in my shirt. That's so, I hate when that happens. Oh, that's, that's the worst. It was. Yeah, I thought like you saw something or like there was a bug on the microphone. 
or like I answered the wrong way. Whoa, I am so sorry about that. That was wonderful. Yeah, so summer. Summer. Uh, We're in Nashville, summer. I just, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. It's your right to like whatever crappy season you like. What do you like? Whoa, don't judge. (laughs) You prefer winter? I think I, I think I like winter better. Yeah. See, I, I, is that because you're used to California and now Nashville? Yeah, well, like, because I mean, California is like I mean, where where I lived would be like one ten, one fifteen in the summers. So ugh, that's brutal. Yeah, and so I, I can't I'm like, do that. Get, just get me out of hell, and <laughs> I can put on as many layers as I have to. Yeah, um, but I, I will say, I mean, there's something very, just like emotionally, like the the seasons changing, especially yeah. like winter and snowfall and watching a movie and it's terrible outside but you're cozy on the inside there's something nice about that and then you have an appreciation for when it is nice out if it's always nice out then it's like ah you're just used to it and you get bitter when it's like the one day here when it's like 67 i did that the other day i was like it's so cold and honestly the (laughs) the summers here are not as bad as they are it can it gets hot but i don't think that hot i know not like arizona i actually enjoy them yeah okay well Dan, this has been a great time. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this today. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you. I love you, man. <laughs> Forget it. Let's do it, brother's got a hug. All right, hey everyone, this is Dan. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. Just want to say a quick thank you and appreciation for everyone that has given us a lot of really good feedback on this new podcast. Maybe you've shared this podcast with a friend or given us a follow on Instagram. Really do appreciate the support so far. If this is your first time listening, definitely check out episode one where I interview Nathan. So episode one and episode two were really just to get to know myself and Nate as the host of this project. We are really looking forward to episode three and beyond, and that's where we're going to begin to interview our special guests. Now, if you're interested in becoming a guest on this podcast, you can send us a direct message on Instagram, send us an email at nashvillerummerspodcast at gmail.com, or just send a message to myself or Nate, and we'll get right back to you. Again, thank you so much for all the support, and we'll see you in episode three. Just dream, just dream.